Eagle Eye in the Sky is fueled by Gatorade, the official sports drink of the Philadelphia Eagles. Everything didn't move. I don't care who it is. Let's go. Give me everything you got. Play fast, play hard. Let's beat these boys tonight in their house. It's party time. It's party time. Let's go. You are listening to the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast. Now here's your host, Brand Duffy. That's right. Another week, and the Eagles have officially been eliminated as the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast, fueled by Gatorade, continues. I'm Fran Duffy, and as always, I think we've got a great show for you here on episode number 163. At the top of this week's show, we've got Chalk Talk, where I chat with NFL film senior producer Greg Cosell, right off the heels of the loss on Sunday night. I'm going to be down in St. Petersburg covering the East-West Shrine game in the first half of this week. So I thought we'd get Greg's instant reaction to the loss live from the Novacare Complex just minutes after the game ended, and just really the overall thoughts on this Eagles season before we get into the future of this team next week on the show. So let's get things started. I caught up with Greg Cosell this week to discuss the Eagles and their crushing loss down in New Orleans. Let's get to that chat now in Chalk Talk. Let's get down to business. It's time for Chalk Talk. All right, so this week on Chalk Talk, sitting down here with Greg Cosell from NFL Films. And Greg, we are about uh, 15 minutes removed from the final whistle here from the Eagles' loss to the New Orleans Saints. A little bit different spin on what we typically yeah. do uh, you know, following an Eagles game. Obviously, you and I haven't gone through the film yet. We will do that. We'll go through the film later this week, and we will uh, we'll rehash and we'll reconnect later in the week and, and post that for a podcast for next week. But I want to talk to you this week and just kind of get initial thoughts. First of all, obviously, we're gonna have, we'll have our instant reaction. It'll be hard for the raw emotion of the loss to right. not come through when we're talking about no this, uh, this game and this season. But I want to just get overall thoughts on this team from this season because obviously – you know, you look back to eight weeks ago. You look back to the way, you know, where this team was, to where this team came from. At the end of the day, like they fought through a lot of adversity once again, and they and they, you know, they got into the final five, and I had nearly to the final four here, nearly to the NFC title game. Uh, I, so I thought we'd go just kind of position by position and get not necessarily thoughts on the team moving into the off season. I think we're going to save that discussion for next week, but almost just general reactions, overall thoughts to what they did this year for the 2018 season. Uh, and I guess really we had to start a quarterback. Well, and it's, uh, to me, it's a, it's a very interesting discussion for sure. Just before we start there, I thought it was kind of an odd season because the highs were really high, particularly yeah. toward the end of the season, and the lows were really low. Yep. I mean, when you look back at some of the losses, the Tennessee game, the Carolina game, I mean, you look at this team getting to where they did losing in the divisional round, and you think – Hey, if they beat Carolina, and I know there's every team can go if, if, if. We know that. But these are odd ifs. It's not like, hey, they just lost a game. These were games they were way ahead. Fourth and 15 against against Tennessee, the fourth fourth down play, and the the three-touchdown deficit against Carolina. Yeah, I mean, those are odd losses. It's not just, hey, they lost a couple of games. And and the season may have looked totally different. Uh, So, for me, it was a very strange season. I think this team... Overall, was a team that had some strengths and some clear limitations. And as we went down the stretch, they were over, able to play above those limitations yep. and obviously win and get to the divisional round. Yep. Uh, I don't think either you or I thought at one point they'd even make the playoffs, much yeah. less get to no the divisional question. round. Absolutely. I think that that's really the big thing, and I think that speaks a lot to Doug Peterson and this coaching staff. I couldn't for, agree more. You know, keeping this team on track, keeping them focused, making sure that they were able to come – You know, the, the 
It could have easily gone in the tank after losing to this Saints team a few, a few right. weeks back, back in early November. Week 11. Yeah, I mean, they could have easily gone in the tank at that point, and they didn't. And they were able to fight through. They had a couple big division wins. Then they go on the road. They lose Carson Wentz. They beat the Rams. They beat the Texans. I mean, they did what they needed to do to get where they are. They beat Chicago, obviously, in the wild card round. It's, it was a really, really impressive season from that standpoint. Uh, I guess really talk about the offense and just you know where I agree with you. I think really when you look at the offense – it almost speaks to what you were talking about, where the highs were high, the lows were low. Uh, the offense a little bit uneven this season. You know, yep. Obviously some turnover there, uh, both on the field and off the field. Just overall thoughts, really, just kind of talking about Especially we'll, we'll start with that quarterback. Right. And Carson coming off the injury, sure. obviously a big topic. Sure, and, and I think that he played – you know, you and I talked about him every week. Yep. And I would say for the most part, as an individual, he played pretty well. He had some bad moments. That Saints game was a bad moment, yep. a bad game. Um, he had – as many quarterbacks do, a number of bad individual plays. But coming off an ACL, and given that he's not a highly experienced player, which I think a lot of people forget, yeah. I think he played reasonably well. And, and you know, the way you and I have talked about this, the way I think about Carson Wentz is, I think talent-wise, you could almost make the argument that he's somewhat of a transcendent talent with a very wide tableau. Think of a painter, you know, who has a... a big tableau to paint and for Carson Wentz he's only painted a very very small part of it I think there's so much more there as we go forward and obviously Nick Foles came in as he did a year ago and played very well Um, to me Carson Wentz could be an absolutely outstanding quarterback in this league and no one knows what the future holds I think I, I think Wentz's development is is tied in in many ways to the rest of the team. I think this team needs to develop some kind of consistent run game, as they had a year ago when yeah. they went down the stretch. By the way, right? Exactly. I think when the, the run game absolutely will help that, and we'll and we'll uh, get into that next week. Talk about what this team, you know, what the needs are and what just how they can improve the team going into next season. I think really the the big thing when you look at Carson. Because um, I agree, I really like the analogy. You and I had talked about that off air. I think it was last week, right, right, before, right, uh, about the tableau. The other big right. part of that too is, you know, keep in mind, like you, know, you had the, the changes in the offensive coaching staff. Correct. You lose John DeFilippo, you lose Frank Reich. So you're lo- you're working with different coaches, right. Who had been here, but to going back to the tableau, uh, you know, analogy, those coaches look at a guy like Carson and they say that man, there's. There are a lot of different ways we can go here when Correct. you have a talented player like that. And so especially when you had some new pieces, you had a, a guy like a Dallas Goddard who was so impressed right. with his rookie year. I mean, you and I, I know, think the world of Dallas and, and what he can be. No We're question. To incorporate him into the offense. Okay, how is he going to How do you do that? Do you want to be an 11 personnel offense? Do you want to be a 12 personnel offense? What's the approach? Yeah. That impacts the quarterback. Yep. And, you know, I think the other thing you have to keep in mind is he is coming off an ACL injury, Carson Wentz. Yeah. And we don't know exactly where that was, and we don't know how he felt. Um you know, I think that that's that has to be factored into the equation. But I think you're dealing with a high, high level talent. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, to me, I mean, if you're just talking on natural talent, I mean, he's one of the three or four most best talented in the league. Correct. In the league. Correct. Yeah. Uh, let's go into the run game. I was look. Team starts the season. They lose Jay Ajayi. Uh, he's out for the year. They right. lose Corey Clement uh, three quarters of the way through the season. So you know, you start relying on. Guys like Wendell Smallwood, guys like uh, obviously you had Darren Sproles who came back for the right. back half of the year, and then Josh Adams, uh, an undrafted free agent. Exactly. So just uh, you know, anything that stood out to you from that running back group? I mean, the obviously I think I know a guy that you, 
to me, has run really hard throughout the second half of the year and had his moments early on was Wendell Smallwood. I couldn't agree more. And, again, I don't know Wendell Smallwood. I don't know the situation. But I think every time he's been on the field, for the most part, he's played well. Now, having said that, I think you and I would probably agree that he's a complimentary piece. Yeah. Absolutely. You're not building your, your backfield around Wendell Smallwood. Of course. But I think he's a nice complimentary piece. Of course. You watch, obviously, you watch all the teams in the NFL right. uh, every single week. When, when you watch Darren Sproles this year, do you, do you still view a guy that, obviously, look, he's not what he was well, five years ago. He's a complimentary piece, too. Exactly. Right. But do you, do you still ha- see a guy that can be a complimentary piece? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So the question is, you know, the Eagles ended up playing down the stretch, uh, and I know Josh Adams did have those two games in a row where he had 20-plus carries and looked good, but obviously they didn't feel like he was the guy because the last two games of the season, uh, the two playoff games, I know he played one snap last week. I think in this game against the Saints, I don't even know if he was on the field yep. on the offensive side of the ball. So they're telling you what they think of Josh Adams. Sure. We don't have to interpret that. Right. Yep. The Eagles are telling you that. Yeah. So the the bottom line point is, if you're talking about the running back position, they're dealing all with complementary pieces. Yep, sure. And then you go to the receiver position, obviously. Uh, look, Alshon Jeffrey, I mean, how could you – I mean, just a tough way. feel so badly for Alshon Jeffrey. Yeah, I mean, was it – a huge part of yeah. the stretch run. Oh, uh, it's a huge yeah. part of this Eagles offense. Yeah. I mean, regardless of who's in at quarterback, I mean, he, Alshon Jeffrey is a major, major piece and one of the pieces that makes this whole thing go. Uh, you've got Alshon on one side. And you look at look the addition of Golden Tate, who's going into free agency. You've got Nelson Aguilar, who's now going to be entering a contract year. Uh, you know, Jordan Matthews entering, is now going to be entering free agency. Be, uh, you have Mike Wallace, who was. There were thoughts that he could be coming back. Uh, Is for he this a one year guy? In other words, they have to re sign him? I want to say he was a one year yeah. guy. I, I'd have to I check thought that so off too. the top of my head. I think, I think he is. But then. Matt Collins is a guy, too. Yeah. We, uh, we often forget about Matt Collins coming off injured. I guess the way well. I'd answer the question about the receivers, and this is no knock on the coaching staff yeah. at all, because they know a whole lot more about their players than I do. Right. But just from watching tape and seeing utilization and deployment. We know what Alshon Jeffrey is in the context of this offense. There's no guesswork there. Yep. We certainly know what Zach Ertz is in the context of Absolutely. this offense. No guesswork. When I watch the tape, I'm not exactly sure what Nelson Aguilar is in the context of this offense. Mm. Golden Tate's tough because he came in midseason yeah, and he tough. is a free agent, yep. so I don't know where to go with that. You know, So I guess Aguilar is the guy that I, I struggle with, not the player, just exactly how they see him. Yeah. Because right. last year he was predominantly a slot player, and he performed well. Yep. Um, and, of course, that was with Carson Wentz when they were putting up 30-plus points every week pretty consistently. Yeah. Uh, this year, I don't know what his exact numbers were. My guess is they weren't as good as a year ago. Um, but it just I didn't feel like he was as much a meaningful part of the offense on a weekly basis as he was a year ago. Yeah, I think that it, it definitely didn't help the fact that you know, back in you know, late March, early April, you know, the team would have told you, okay, well, we feel like two of our top four receivers and two guys that are going to get the majority of the reps on the outside are Mac Hollins and, and Mike, Mike Wallace, Wallace, and neither guy got a catch this year because of injury. Correct. Uh, so I think that that certainly kind of clouded the picture a little bit in terms of how Aguilar is going to be used no question. and wh- where his value is. Right, because I think if, if, if both or either were healthy throughout the season, Hollins or, or Wallace, that yep. is, then – Number one, they probably would have traded for Golden Tate. Yep. And number two, Aguilar would have stayed in the slot, yep. and Wallace or Hollins would have been the outside receiver, and maybe Aguilar's role would have been much more defined, and the production would have been better. Yeah, and that loss of those guys on the outside, 
you know, early on it was all right. Let's we almost had to play a lot of twelve and thirteen personnel by necessity. Remember that Colts game? I mean, they played. Oh. Uh, it was thirteen pretty much the whole I game. I know. I know. Um, but then you started to see Dallas Goddard really just kind of inch his way along, and you saw flashes uh, each game early. And then he's, I mean, and I know, we'll, look, he wasn't a consistent player in terms of usage throughout from week one to week 19, um, but you saw the yeah. flashes of guys. And we'll we talk more about that when yes, we do our next podcast. Yes. Um, but obviously, look, teams can line up with 11 personnel and teams can line up with 12 personnel. Yep. You just have to decide what the balance is and how you want to use your players in attacking defenses. But I think Dallas Goddard has a chance to be a really, really good player. Yeah, I mean, I, if you're talking pure upside, I mean, his upside could be, Travis Kelsey level of, of player. I think that that's possible. He yeah. moves really well. He moves really well. He blocks well. I mean, and I remember when I met him when he came in for the draft. Right, sure. And I don't know what you know what his weight is compared to that day when I met him. Yeah. But he looked sleek for yeah. a guy that weighed what two hundred fifty five, two hundred sixty pounds. Right. Yep. Yeah, and he's gotten bigger. And yeah, he's, and he still maintained that athleticism, yep. and quickness. He's he's going to be a really good player. Yeah, I agree. Philadelphia. Um, you know, and then obviously the rest of that group, Josh Perkins, Richard Rodgers, uh, kind of fill out. It's going to be Ertz and Goddard going yes. forward, and they'll have a third tight end, yeah. but it's Ertz and Goddard. Yeah, and then uh, offensive line. Um, you know, look, Jason Peters, uh, you know, the, the injuries. You've got to love Jason Peters, and yep. hopefully he's wearing a gold jacket one day, and he probably deserves to. Yep. But I think he was so in and out of the lineup toward, you know, down the stretch. Um, I think if you're being realistic and studying the tape, he was not the same player this year he's, as he's been in previous years. I, I think the tape tells you that. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah. So, uh, you know, I, I just don't think they can go into next year and say Jason Peters is our left tackle. Mm. I don't know what their plans for Lane Johnson are. I think you could make the argument that over the last seven, eight weeks of this season, Lane Johnson may have been the best right tackle in the NFL. Yeah, he's been outstanding. So I don't know if you want to start moving him because – First of all, I'm, I'm kind of a believer that the delineation between right and left tackle is nowhere near as important as it was years ago. I think there's a lot of really good rushers that come from the left side of I'm the defense. I, I think you leave them there is my person. Right, and I think that there's a lot of teams now with pressure packages that come from all over. Yep. So if the guy's a great right tackle, I'd leave him at right tackle. Yeah, I would agree with you. Yeah, you Brandon Brooks, one of the best in the game. You really hope uh, – we, look, we don't – I sure hope it's not an Achilles because that's going to be a tough deal. We haven't seen the, yeah. the official report yet. The report, there are reports out there. Obviously, look, again, it's, it's Sunday night here uh, in South Philadelphia. Still not sure what the official word is, but it didn't, it didn't look good coming off the field uh, with Brandon Brooks. You hope that he's okay. Try, uh, Jason Kelsey is still one of the best in still the league. Still very good player. Uh, what do you think of Isaac Samala this year? Incremental improvement. Yeah, I thought I so too. I think you could line him up at left guard. My guess is he'll improve. Yeah. I mean, look, he came out of college, Oregon State, right? Yep. Yeah. As a player who played all three positions and pretty athletic, moves yep. well. I thought a lot of his issues early in his career were technique-based and balance-based, which is a function of technique. But I think that there's an upside there. You know, he doesn't have to be the best guard in the league, but I thought there was incremental improvement. And I think if you stick him at left guard, he can play left guard. Yeah, I thought he showed that he could be uh, – a you know more than serviceable, yes. a good starting left guard. I agree. All right, so let's uh, let's get over to the defensive side. And really, to me, defensively, the the ups and downs were from injury. I mean, yes. uh, this uh, this group was just beleaguered with injury at all three levels throughout the course of the season. Uh, from uh, and we'll start up front. I mean, you lose Derek Barnett. You didn't have Timmy Jernigan most of the year. Yeah, you forget uh, about Derek Barnett. You, you do. You forget do. About I Derek mean, Barnett. unfortunately, yeah. you do. But I mean, I, you know. I think you and I both agree that he was really improving and it was looking like he was going to be, you know, if not Khalil Mack, yep. but certainly a really good pass rusher. Yeah, and, you know, having that guy uh, next to Fletcher Cox, right. obviously. And, look, Fletcher, 
Fletcher's one of the best. I mean, he's tremendous. He's ridiculous. He's player. tremendous. Yeah we, yeah, we talk about him every week. Yeah, we don't need just, to spend time on yeah, him. He's I, just a we, great we player. We kind of know where, where he's yeah. at. Uh, thoughts on Michael Bennett? Was he about what you expected he would be coming? Yeah, he year? was. Yeah. I thought Michael Bennett had a really good season. I thought he got better as the year progressed. Yep. Um, plays both inside and outside. Now, is he under contract or is he a free agent? I think he's under contract one more. Because I, I don't believe. see why he I wouldn't believe. be back I'm here. Not positive, yeah. yeah, and I think the way he played this year would suggest you want him back. Right. And maybe he takes ten fewer snaps a game. You know, if if when Derek Barnett's back. Yep. Uh, but I think Michael Bennett was a key piece of that defense. And keep in mind that defense down the stretch played really well. Yeah. And their D line was dominant. I mean, you think back to that Rams game in L.A. That D line was dominant. They controlled the game. Yeah, I mean, they they were. I would say they were the catalyst over the stretch run. You know, when when Carson went down, I know that you know Nick played at a very high level. The defensive line to me was the catalyst. Of the I would team. agree with that. Yeah, it's you know, and then you look at Brandon Graham. Brandon Graham going into free agency. Yeah, he's a free agent. That'll yeah. be interesting that because would be very interesting. I'll be anxious to see how he's viewed around the league. If he's viewed as a pure edge rusher, he'll command a lot of money, and he may not be back here. If he's viewed as a solid player who happen, who can happen to rush the quarterback, mm. he won't command huge, huge do- dollars in Eagles. If so, if inclined, would have a chance to bring him back. Yeah, and coming off the injury, to remember he had right. off-season surgery, right. missed all of training right. camp, missed the whole summer. Uh, and then Chris Long uh, as another guy. You yeah, know, we don't know. Yeah, we don't, yeah, know. We don't know. It's going to be uh, interesting. Thoughts on uh, Josh Sweat? Only played a little bit, and obviously yeah. played more when Barnett got hurt, and then he got hurt himself. Yeah, so I don't know. Saw I, very, I, very little there. And and you know the thing that it, it almost hurts me watching Josh Sweat because I feel like he's still dragging his mm. injured leg, mm. and I don't know. You know, it just it, it, he's a hard watch for me because of that. I mean, I feel like he's in pain. I, yeah. Maybe he's not, right. but I, I watch him and I feel like God. They, so I don't know. I, I really don't know what he is. Tim Jernigan was a, was a very interesting player because. Yeah. We had no idea what to expect. Right. And we know what Timmy is, and you know, we know what he did on the field last year. Uh, but coming off of his injury from the offseason, we didn't know what to expect. Yeah, tough to get a read, though, I thought. I mean, yeah, I, was, I thought I, he played pretty well. But, yeah. I mean, I like Timmy Jernigan. Of course. I like the Correct. player a yeah. lot. Yep. You know, but uh, – and I thought he played well. And I, I'd like to see him back in – is he still under contract? He uh, – I'm not sure exactly yeah. what's going on. I mean, I'd like I to no see idea. him back. Yeah. For a, sure. Sorry for the ignorance. Yeah. Uh, obviously, I probably should have done more research. We're literally like... We're literally, yeah. We're just, <laughs> we're, we're just spinning this off the cuff here, Fran. It's the, okay. Yeah, it's uh, a little bit different than what we yeah. usually do. But, um, yeah, I thought uh, the flashes were very... We saw yeah. what Timmy Jernigan... He's got really good been. quickness inside. Yeah. I, I like him a lot. And the intensity. Yeah. I mean, the, the play personality. Yeah. You yeah. can't beat it. Um, you know, and then they got... Look, they they went in and they they brought in Trayvon Hester. I thought Trayvon Hester showed. That he so could did be, I. Yeah, I thought he could be a, a nice rotational piece. And yeah. I liked him coming out of college too, yeah, as just Lito. just what he is, yep. a nice rotational D tackle. Yeah, you know, I think that he's he is one of those guys that you know the team had to rely on due to injury that I think has earned the right to compete for a role next year. I would put Craven LeBlanc in that same. Discussion. I would agree about Hester for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, to me, like I look at Craven LeBlanc, who had a couple of great plays tonight. Yeah, yeah. As another guy, that I'm like, yeah, like he he showed up to this right, this year to right. the point where, to me, like when we're into next summer, and this this secondary discussion is going to be so fascinating. It's going yeah, without question. I mean, it's going to be right. really, really interesting. Right. But to me, like when it's next August, like if Craven's here, like he's he's going to be competing for a job. Right. I, I would agree very, with that. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting. I think the interesting player as we sort of transition to the secondary is Sidney Jones. No question. Because he's been hurt a lot. When he played, he was very up and down. Yep. You and I both loved his talent coming out of the University of Washington. I thought he could be an outside corner in this league. 
But as we saw this year, whether it was lack of confidence, whether it was not feeling comfortable about his body due to injury, whatever the reason, he didn't play at a high level. Yeah. I think the Eagles will have to decide, is he an outside corner or is he a slot corner? And then leave him there and see if he can develop because he has the traits to play either one. Because we saw flashes of both. No question. Yeah. No question. But, you know, he needs to stay healthy first and foremost. Absolutely. I agree. Uh, Jalen Mills, obviously coming off the injury reserve, right. uh, wasn't a great start. I I would say that the a lot of the big plays that were given up early in the year uh, got pointed in his direction, maybe a little bit unfairly. But overall, you know, obviously what I would say he would say it wasn't his best start to the season. Um, you know, Ronald Darby going into free agency, uh, also coming off an injury. It's going to be the the cornerback situation. It's going to be, to be highly studied through the off season here yes. in Philadelphia. Frank. Correct. Anyway, what's uh, what did you think about Rizul Douglas, especially the back end? the year where you know he became a star I thought that the coach uh, the coaching staff did a really good job of working with him in terms of putting him in situations I would to agree su- to succeed I would agree he's a physical kid um, a lot of zone he's coverage. aggressive a lot of zone that's what he is that's what he is the, you know the issue you face with someone like Rasul Douglas is even if you feel that he's really good playing zone and we saw him make a great interception I forget against Dak Prescott I believe yes when he dropped off playing cover three I believe it was that's the kind of player he is but do you feel like there's limitations with him in in your ability to match up and play man to man yeah right you know we saw at times when he played man that he struggled yep so I don't know you know I don't know how they see him certainly he played enough snaps and and I think played at enough of a level to warrant he'll be back and they'll see where he is. I mean, this corner situation, as you said, it's going to be very interesting through this offseason. And they'll also tell us how they feel about the position, the, the oh, organization. Yeah. Howie, absolutely. Joe Douglas, they'll tell us how they feel about it by what they do in the offseason. No, absolutely. Uh, and then the one guy, look, we, we said at the beginning that we would kind of keep this, you know, looking at the season. But I'm going to ask you one forward-looking question. What do you think uh, Avante Maddox is long-term? That's a great question because I got to tell you, I was really surprised and impressed with him playing on the outside. Yeah. Yeah, we know he got beat a couple of times. Of course. But, and we know he's 5'9". That's not going to change. Yep. But he's feisty. He's competitive. He's tough. He's physical. It all comes down to your philosophy. Do you believe you can line up in today's NFL with the influx of big receivers with a 5'9 corner? Yeah. If, if you're, they'll be... Smart, reasonable people disagree on this. Yep. If you believe you can't, then he's 5'9", and you can't. Yep. If you think you can, then I think he played well enough to deserve a shot. Yeah, it's, uh, he's going to be a guy that will be talked about as being a, a key piece for this team in the future. Is he going to be you know, Darrell Rivas? No, but no. we're talking about in terms of being a key piece in that secondary. That secondary, by the way, that played a lot of dime in the, la- you know, in the right. back half of right. the year. So a lot of those six defensive backs – I think but there's he, a place for Avanti Maddox on your football team. Yes. Is he a safety? Is he a slot corner? corner is he an right, outside right. corner? You've know, you got to figure that out, figure out. And, yep. and put him in a spot, yep. I think, in the yep. offseason. Right. But Avanti Maddox, in my view, will be on this roster next year. Oh, yeah. No question. Yeah. yeah. Let me ask you this question. Was any – we had this discussion uh, in, our, in our office, uh, I want to say back maybe mid-November. What was the most impactful injury of the 2018 season? My argument was for Rodney McLeod. And I look at it and I say, you know, this with what he was, just such when a steady presence. When did he get hurt? He got hurt, I want to say, the Tennessee game? Yes. So week four or was it the Indy game, week oh. three? It was either week three or week four. Right. It, was, it might have been week four. Right. I think it was, either well, way, it was very early. Was I think that's very fair. And, again, without going through every injury and, yeah, you know, yeah, we're, yeah, we're doing right. this, as we of said, course. off yes. the cuff. Yep. 
Um, I've always felt Rodney McLeod was a really good player. The Eagles are a predominant single high team, so he's your post safety, which means he sees everything in front of him and he can erase mistakes, which he, you know, all deep safeties erase mistakes yep. that people are not aware of. Right. Exactly. And I think that he's a critical, critical piece. And hopefully he's back. Yeah, uh, hopefully he's back yeah. and, and he looks healthy. Yeah. And all, I mean, because he, uh, to me, was just such a, a steady presence on the well, back end. Just a very quick story. I remember Dan Quinn talking to me a number of years ago and asking him in those Legion of Boom days when he was Seattle's D coordinator. They had all those great players, remember? Sure. You know, just they had six or seven guys who were great players. Doesn't seem like that long ago. No. But, yeah, right. yeah. And I asked him, who's the most important piece? Without hesitation, he said Earl Thomas mm. He's because he said he erases all the mistakes. See, if you're going to play single high with a deep post safety, that guy erases mistakes. Yep. And I think a lot of fans are, oh, he, you know, he drops interception. It's like uh, you don't see the stuff that, he, right, can, that right. he can do at a really high level and, so, and really until it's not there. Right. And that was something that uh, I thought showed up at certain spots this season. I would agree. Uh, you obviously had to rely more on the younger player, Trey Sullivan, on the veteran, Corey Graham. Uh, you know, and missing Rodney McLeod, I thought, was really big. Obviously, look, it allowed Maddox to show that he could play some free safety. Right, but he never important. played there. Yeah. So you're, I mean, even though he didn't you know, embarrass himself by yep. any means, He's never played there. Yep. There's just a difference. And then you have the obviously the heart and heart and soul of that defense. Malcolm Jenkins right. really the heart and soul of the team. You could yeah. argue uh, still playing at, at, you know, at, at a good Jenkins, level without question. Level. Yes. Yeah. Let's talk about linebacker because you know Nigel Bradham. Uh, He's a signed the, player. Yeah, and he became the 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 every down player for yep. this team. Was the dime player. Yep. Uh, you know, was was playing 100 percent of the snaps. Where, where do you see right now Nigel Bradham in terms of you know his impact on this defense and really kind of where he is in the league in terms of kind of uh, the the linebacker pecking order is he like one of the you know in terms of how you view him you know worldview wise? I would say worldview and I, and maybe this doesn't you know maybe this is too general, but I think he's a solid player who can do a lot of things well. Mm. Um, you know, I put him like in the same category as like a Danny Trevathan. Okay, you know, uh, who the you know obviously the Eagles sure. just played the Bears. Yeah, really solid That's player. Pretty, yeah. That's pretty good. Yep. You know, I sure. think that in the context of a really good defense, Bradham's a really nice player. I don't think, nor is he used this way, but I don't think he's an impact playmaker in a strict sense. Right. But yeah. he's not theoretically, he's not really asked to be that kind of player. Right. The Eagles don't blitz a ton. He's, he's not a blitzer. Was he used to add in at times in their zone exchange principles? Yes, but I, but I wouldn't say that he's used in any meaningful way as a pass rusher. Yep. So he's basically a run player and a coverage player. Yep. And I think he's very solid at that. Yeah, and then Jordan Hicks uh, you know, was in and he's a, free a little agent. bit. He's going into free agency, sure. What were you your thoughts decide, on Jordan? I mean, I thought he got it better as the year progressed. Um, ultimately, you have to decide in the context of a 4-3 or 4-2-5 defense what you want from your Mike. Because I, I think that Jordan Hicks is another guy that at his best is a lot like Bradham in the sense that he's a solid player. Yep. You know, he's not at the level of, let's say, Bobby Wagner. Right. You know, so the question is, are you looking for that guy to, to make your defense reach a higher level? Do you, do you feel you need that guy mm. or are you comfortable? And then you get down to the other issue. Jordan Hicks knows the defense. Right. You know, you bring someone new in, whether it's a draftable player or whether it's a free agent that you sign. And then there's a learning curve. Sure. You know, Jordan Hicks obviously knows this defense. So you have to decide. My guess is he's not going to command huge, huge dollars. Yeah. So it's it's very possible he could be back here in Philly. And then the guys behind him, you had Nate Gary, you had Common Grugier Hill right, seeing pretty right. significant snaps in base coverage. Any overall thoughts from those two guys? 
Nothing, to be honest with you, yeah. nothing that really made me, you know, st- you know. I mean, I think that Grusey Hill had some moments, yep. made some really good individual plays. Yep. Um, overall, I don't feel like he played enough where I feel like I could say anything, you know, that has any real significance. Sure. All right, well, and, we're, we're, uh, we're going to get back together. It'll be mm-hmm. later this week or it'll be early next week, and we'll just kind of go through, hey, like, right. uh, let's look at this team. We're More with an eye toward next year. Yeah, yeah, with an eye towards next year, the offseason, yeah. how this team can improve, where, where are the spots that you want to try and see them get better. Uh, but any closing I definitely again, have some thoughts on that, but I'll save those for our next one. Yeah, I think so, too. Yeah. And, but we're, uh, again, we're – just over a half hour now away from the final whistle. Any just overall thoughts on this season before we uh, wrap up shop here tonight? Um, I, I thought it became a really compelling season. It really became fun down the stretch. It was a really kind of difficult season throughout. I mean, it was a season that kind of tugged at your heartstrings a little bit because there were times you thought this team was really going to turn the corner and be a really good team. And then there were moments where you went, oh, my God, how did that happen? Yep. You know, coming off that that week eleven loss to the Saints down there, you felt like, how did that happen? I mean, this team looked like it was pretty good. Yep. And I tell you, the game that 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 was a real tough one was the second Cowboys loss. That was a tough one. That was a tough one. You know, I, I this team could have easily won the division. Easily. Yeah. And and they didn't. And and look, right, didn't. as Bill yeah. Parcells always said, you are well, what your record, record is. Says. That's the way it goes. Yep. But so it was a very, it was a, for me personally watching the tape. It was a tough team to kind of get a handle on mm. because there were times I thought they looked really good and other times I thought they really they really struggled yeah and I, struggled in ways I didn't think they should struggle I mean Greg when they're up 14 nothing tonight and I turned to you it's the you know it's halfway through the first quarter and I said I don't I don't even know like what to say what about to, this team. exactly it's, yeah it's it's unbelievable uh, and obviously, look, the, the, the night turned in the final you know, Right, which was kind of a microcosm of right. the season when sure. you really think about it. And then they even yeah. had a chance to win in the back end. Right, right. It was, um, yeah, it was definitely a season of highs and lows. Yep. But, uh, look, the, this is a team that is in for the long haul in the NFC. Yeah. I mean, this is, a, this is a team with a lot of young talent uh, that I'm excited to, to really continue to break down. And, and like I said, we'll, you and I will get back together uh, either later this week or early next week, and we'll post that podcast here in the coming days. But, Greg, uh, our last in-person podcast here probably until uh, – until the combine, it was a, it oh was yeah. A, yeah, it was it yeah. was a pleasure having you here on a weekly basis, yep. and we will uh, we will be talking to you over the phone next week. All right, so that'll do it again. Greg and I will be back early next week to discuss this team with an eye towards 2019 and beyond, and that obviously begins with the offseason. So stay tuned for that. Again, I'm heading to the East-West Shrine game first thing Monday morning. I'll have daily podcasts from down there looking at prospects all over the field in St. Petersburg with Tony Pauline. So make sure you're checking that out over on the Journey to the Draft podcast. We'll be live from St. Pete all week this week, and then from the Senior Bowl in beautiful Mobile, Alabama next week, obviously – Wish I was not going down there. I wish the season the, the season was still alive. But uh, here we are. we got to keep this train going, and we will be down there covering those two events live on those podcasts. So make sure you're subscribed if you're not already, uh, and you can get locked in as you want to get this offseason going and see how this team can improve for the 2019 season, 2019 season and beyond. So great stuff this week and really every week this season from Greg Cosell and all of you out there listening, whether you're on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, Google Play, and, of course, Philadelphia Eagles com and the Eagles mobile app. Thank you and again one last time. Just take a few seconds. Go rate the show. Leave us a comment. Don't be afraid to leave a question on there. I would love the ability to answer it here on the podcast. Now that the season is over, we want to start getting into some big picture topics. If you've got something that you want covered, something big picture about this team, something that you want an answer to, 
go on, leave a question. You might have a, you might come up with a, a whole podcast topic that we can cover for 30 minutes here with a guest. So feel free. Just go leave us that question. Leave us that five-star rating, and we will get it here on the show. All that being said, I think that'll do it. Another show in the books here on the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast, fueled by Gatorade. For everybody here at the Novacare Complex, I'm Fran Duffy. We will talk to you next week.